an absurd, ridiculous tale of dark humour that might just contain some deeper meaning. Welcome, my mere more lights, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron, and I'm here to bring you the book reviews to help you transcend beyond your mere mortality. This is the end of the Aussie book month, and today I have for you my final book. It is The Gold's Book of Fish by Richard Flanagan. This book was published in 2001, so a bit more recently, and it's about 450 pages in length. It tells the tale of William Bulow Gold, who was an English convict transported to Tasmania, also known as Van Diemen's Land at the time, and who becomes enamored with fishes. It's narrated by the aforementioned Billy Gold, although the first chapter is a sort of discovery of this book of fishes and then a recreation of the book of fishes. So a sort of book within a book type trope. We've seen this multiple times before. It starts off with Billy Gold in England and then making some decisions as being an artist and he has almost forced into the artistic type of world before doing some silly things, gets transported into Van Diemen's Land, Tasmania, and then more silly things occur and essentially is sentenced to a convict life. So there's tortures, there's imprisonings, there's beatings, all of these bad things are happening to him. He tries to make his own life better through his artistic pursuits and is entangled with some other characters in the book, uh, such as the surgeon, who is the one who gets him started on this book of fish, this fascination of fishes. And then towards the end of the novel, he escapes his confines, goes on a journey, gets recaptured, and then is almost put to death before being transformed into a fish, of all things. Most of the action takes place on Sarah's Island, which was an actual penal colony, which was an actual jail where they would send convicts to do hard work and actually became a shipbuilding place as well. The island itself is tiny, a couple of hundred meters in length and less that in width as well. And the era it was set in was the 1820s to the 1830s, I believe. So this is when some technologies were just getting invented, but it was still really a bare bones sort of world, a very brutal, harsh place. The style of the book is that there is 12 fish chapters. So each chapter relates to a fish somehow. So some of these just off the top, the Kelpie, Leather Jacket, Sawtooth Shark, Crested Weedfish, Weedy Sea Dragon. There's 12 of them in total. And in each chapter, the author, the narrator will talk about the fish and how it relates to a person or a painting or something that is occurring within. It's a very humorous story, although with a very dark tinge to it as well. And there's so many fantastical events and the people in it are absolutely insane. So the narrator himself is absolutely off his mind, but some of the other characters, for example, Twopenny Sal, who is a prostitute brought onto the island. We have the surgeon who is fascinated with becoming a royal member of the scientific society and back in England we have the commandant who he's probably the most insane character of them all is trying to turn this tiny island into a great nation of wealth and will do things such as selling Australia to other merchants who come in we have Castlery which is the pig which uh, ends up murdering the surgeon in the book it's absolutely humorous insane and so many different things occurring all at once final thing to note is through all the bullshit through all the crazy the madness There is a lot of basis in fact as well. There was a Sarah's Island which had convicts coming in there. There was a jail. They actually had trade there. They would build ships there. 
there was convicts being sent from England to Van Diemen's Land to Australia where they would do things like escape or have their sentences commuted or pardoned. And there was actually a convict named William Bulow Gold who not only was real, but he actually painted the fishes that are contained within this book. So even though so much crazy stuff happens, there is a lot of truth in it as well. We kick our fins rapidly into the themes and the first that comes up is insanity, a reasonable method for sense-making. And you would say, wait, insanity, how does that have anything to do with sense-making or reason? Isn't that the opposite? And I would say, you know what? Maybe not because there were so many actions that Willie Gold took, which actually you could look at and go, you know what? That actually does sort of make sense in a way. So for example, he believed that torture showed caring. So when the torturers would come, his guards would come and beat the shit out of him, you know, throw poo at them, all these sorts of things. He actually needed a reason to find, okay, why am I actually being beat up like this? And he could actually say, you know what, it's because they show they care about me, things like that. He could also say the friend in the king, he has this dead body floating around his cell. You know, what else are you going to do to try and bear that situation? Well, you could might say, oh, he's a friend. I'm going to talk with him. I'm going to communicate with him. He'll be a real you know, beneficial use to me. You could also even look at his transformation right at the end into a fish. And maybe you could say, okay, that's absolutely insane. A person who believes they're a fish. But you could actually look at this and maybe say, he's about to die. He's got all these bad things happening to him. Maybe if he can make sense of what's happening to him and why all these things happening and that darkness, that you know, losing consciousness, maybe he can think, oh, I am transforming into a fish. And me personally, I would actually argue that insanity is not a yes or no thing. It's more of a sliding scale. So if we look at some of the characters in the book, Yes, some of them are probably further along the scale. The commandant who believes that he can control the world, essentially, who creates a train line on an island of all places because he believes that it'll somehow get connected over the gap of water that separates them from the mainland of Tasmania. Yeah, that's pretty insane. You look at the surgeon and say, okay, he's kind of crazy in many ways, but there's also a method to his madness. He does have goals in life. He wants to become a member of the Royal Society. And so he will take actions to try and do that. You could even look at Popjoy, who is one of the torturers and say, okay, he's probably one of the most sane characters in the book. But when he is confronted, I guess, in a way by Billy Gold and and he says to him, hey, we're all trapped on this island together. You and me, we're all part of the same thing and he refuses to deny it, well, you know, that actually seems a little bit silly, that denial, because you could say, yeah, you know what, they are all on this island, they are all connected in a way, even though you might think that because you're in a position of power that you're not, in many ways, looking at it through the lens of of Billy Gold's eyes, you'd say, yeah, they, he was correct in that sense and that Popjoy is insane to not believe that. And if I really think about it, what are we to do in a crazy world? How are we to interpret the world? Because there are rare probabilities that actually occur. There are coincidences. The one in a million, hey, if it happens a million times, it's probably going to happen once then. So for me, that insanity of, of looking at someone and saying they're insane I would more just say, you know what, that's their way of viewing the world and there are probably reasons behind it and there is probably a reasoning for it. Even though you haven't experienced the same things, maybe they've seen a ghost and you say, no, ghosts don't exist, that's silly, you're insane. What would you think if you saw a ghost there in front of you? Well, you'd probably think, okay, there's ghosts in the world. So I would say insanity is a tricky one because 
there are levels of it. And so you wouldn't want to just say a yes or a no. You'd probably want to say, oh, that guy's probably 100% insane and I'm maybe 5% insane. This leads into so many further questions and a caveat. Now, the caveat first would be, I'm treating this rather lightly here because in the book, insanity is rather fun and funny. You know, Billy Gold thinks well, everyone's his friends even though they're beating the shit out of him. That That is kind of funny. Whereas in real life, when you see insanity of someone hurting themselves or hurting other people or spiraling downwards, okay, that's not as funny. That is a sort of different situation. The further questions that are raised, there's so many different ones uh, such as what does intellect have to do with it? So someone who's super duper smart and can see that this consequence has this and this and this and you can make these connections from a butterfly flapping its wings in Argentina to a hurricane in Texas. Well, you know, if you look at that, you'd probably say, ah, that kind of insane. Einstein, what? Time is relative? No, you're crazy, man. You're insane. Then there's also the real simpleton. So he could maybe look at, you know, sun gives me sunburn, therefore sun equals bad, therefore light equals bad, therefore I need to destroy all lights in the world, something like that. There's group versus individual sanity. So if you are the classic example, the classic question of, is it insane to think you're the only sane person in the world? Is that actually true? Which is worse, a, a group that acts insane but has sane people in it or insane person in a group full of sane people? It's so many questions to raise from this. It's all really fascinating uh, on the topic of insanity. The next part is not so much a theme but more of a musing and I would say fiction, a vehicle for imparting meaning rather than truth. So I was actually looking into what actually is fiction? How can you relate fiction to the real life world that we're looking at right here and what what's the purpose of it why are we doing these things so for me i looked up into the definition of meaning and it was something along the lines of purpose or value or significance beyond the fact of existence so for me when i read a fictional book i think you know what maybe i'll try and get from this more meaning something that's deeper inside of it and non-fiction can still have that in it but it's more for the truth this is actually what happened in the real so to speak world so what am i talking about give me an example from gold's book of fish well insanity so i could read a book about insanity which could give me statistics it could give me real stories of people who had gone insane and things like this or i could read a book which yes it's made up and these characters sort of existed but in another way were complete imaginations but he gets to the heart of something. There is something within those characters that speaks about, oh, you know what? Maybe insanity is something that's more of a sliding scale rather than a straight yes or no, which was probably something I would have said before reading this book. You could also say that I got the meaning of what it was like to be tortured, to be a convict, to be sentenced in Australia. Yes, these things didn't particularly happen. This is not real and true as much as maybe a book about the historical type of convicts that were coming here and the historical documents that survived from that era. But, you know, I also did get a feel of what convict life might have been like. I can rationally see, okay, when these crazy things that are happening, like the pig eating the human or, you know, him drowning in a cell or this entire fabulous collection of the Danish uh, philosopher or king Jürgen Jürgensen, okay, maybe that is not part of this, but I can still get that feeling of what it was like, the meaning of what it was like to be a convict. The problem is when you've got a mix of the two. So this book is a classic example, totally made up, but it has a lot of real life 
people in it who were based on things. It does have real life places, Sarah's Island, for example. So there are others, which is such as Ramana Clef, which is a book about a person, but they've changed the name. So something is different there. There's historical fiction. So it's looking at historical events that did happen, but then the author will add fictional things into it and you're never really sure, okay, is that completely true or is that not? Requires some discernment, certainly, because it's hard to tell how much of this is true, how much of this is false. And it depends on the intent of the person writing as well. If they're writing with the intent to deceive, well, then that's where you'll probably have more people coming out of this saying, hmm, that's really, really true. That happened in the real world. Whereas a book like this, where it's obvious that there's crazy stuff happening and that this probably almost certainly did not actually happen, well, then you can say, oh, okay, I can see that and now I can just take the meaning out of it more rather than the truth. However, there were still things to take out from it. I still learned a bit of Australian geography, in particular of Tasmania and Sarah's Island. I still learned a bit about convicts and how they were transported, the type of boats and things like that. Once again, it's really hard, and this is the discernment part coming in, how much of this is super, super true, how much of it is more a creation and not something that actually happened and that I shouldn't repeat to other people as saying this actually happened. Very hard to tell. Onto my personal observations and some takeaways. The first was, I did mention right at the start that I felt there was deeper meaning in this book. But for me personally, I'm not sure I got it. And why I say this was because there were certain sections, particularly about art. And I'm not super deep into the art type of world. I don't really understand a lot of it. And even though I might be slightly better nowadays than I was, say, 10 years ago, a lot of that is still a mystery to me. I don't understand artistic expression, how you can judge value when it's not more metrically based and it's more qualitative rather than quantitative. Things like that, I feel like I still struggle with a lot. And so sections of this book I was reading and I would sort of focus less. I would go out of focus. I would go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read the words. I read the whole book, but I didn't understand so much of it. And this is where I would say that deeper meaning came in. I think this book had a lot of deeper meaning, but maybe not for someone like me who really struggles with it and I need to find another way of understanding what he was trying to get across there. Style-wise, I absolutely love the book. I thought it was fantastic, particularly the fish chapters where it has the you know 12 drawings right at the start and his ability to relate them in the book to the character and then also to the situation that was going on in such unique ways. I would always be coming into the chapter going, or, you know, when's he going to bring up the striped cowfish or when's he going to introduce the stargazer and how is he going to do it? Is it going to be a simple painting or something that is caught in the nets? Or is it going to be a drawing that he does on the naked girl's body or a flashback or something really crazy? I, I really, really loved that anticipation of what was going to happen. So in summary, I hope Richard Flanagan had a lot of fun writing the books. I had fun reading it. There was absolutely some bang on points in the book, the unique fish chapters, the absurdity of it all, the entertaining characters. It was a mad tale written by a loony convict. My only downsides and negatives to it were personally some of the back setting, the backdrop really doesn't matter that much to me. I really don't care that much about art or penal convict history or even fishes. So those sorts of things, they weren't attractions. I just wasn't really drawn into them. I could absolutely see this book though being really, really great for people who are interested in those things because all of the rest of the book, the style of humor, the writing, the prose, all of that is bang on. So Richard Flanagan's 
Gold's Book of Fish. I'm giving it a six and a half out of 10. Very, very solid. An Aussie book. So we've got some Aussie slang. The first one to come up is jail. And you're saying, what? Jail? How is that Aussie slang? Well, yes, when it's spelled G-A-O-L. So a very different spelling there. You would still say probably here, I personally would write J-A-I-L rather than the alternate spelling, but you still might find people who would write it that way. So even though not slang, it's definitely a word that could pop up and you're like, hmm, what the hell does that mean? Bugger or bugged is a very Australian one. And no, we don't use it in the term of having anal intercourse. It is more an expression of abuse or of saying something went wrong. Ah, bugger, that thing happened. Or you could even say, oh, I'm buggered, which means I'm really tired. Blackfella, this was a way of describing an Aborigine. I'm not sure if that's used nowadays. I don't have deep roots into the Aboriginal culture. And if it's offensive at all, I actually have absolutely no idea. Potteroo is a type of rat kangaroo. So it can something you know, roughly fit into your hands. And it's essentially a big rat with maybe some kangaroo type qualities to it, or at least in that family. And then the last one is larrikin. And this is just a way to describe a funny guy, a funny bloke. Uh, He's a real larrikin. So Mia Modelites, we've come to the end of another book review. And I really do want to thank you for joining me up until this point. If you'd like to hear more, you can hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening on. And if you could go over to Apple and iTunes and leave five stars and a nice review, that really does help me out. To interact or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mere Mortals Podcast. And other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.